Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, folks, I really stewed this morning on what story was more important. Uh, We obviously have these Georgia Senate elections today and this January 6th reading of the electoral votes. All huge uh, developments I have have on that. But there was a story, a really astonishing story about the origins of the coronavirus. I got to walk you through today, too. So I'm going to do a little Georgia, a little coronavirus and get back to Georgia. Do not miss one second of today's show. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, get a VPN, protect your online activity from prying eyeballs. Today, go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. It's going to be a loaded show today. Please don't miss, uh, miss a minute of it. I've got a ton of video. I'm going to walk you through exactly the media's role in the cover-up. Let's get right to it. You heard them before, ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, they've been a great sponsor of my show. You hear them every day. Does it make sense that the same company who controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? Of course it doesn't. What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? No good. Big tech is more powerful than most countries are. They profit by exploiting your personal data. Put a layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts, and that's why we use here ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, message you send gets tracked and data mined. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something big tech can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity hard to trace and sell to advertisers. They also encrypt 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers. ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET Wired, most importantly, Dan Bongino's household. What I like most about ExpressVPN is it's super easy to use. Just download the app on your phone, computer, tap one button, you're protected. It's that simple. So stop handing over your personal data to big tech monopolies today that mine your activity and sell it. Protect yourself with the VPN we trust here to keep us safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now to learn more. All right, Joe, let's go. Ding, ding. So, ladies and gentlemen, on this Georgia thing, we have an important election today. Please go out and vote Republican. Again, as I've said often in these two Senate elections, Republicans are not the answer to all of your problems, uh, period, full stop. However, the cause of all of your problems are, in fact, the Democrats. So given the choice of two particularly I don't want to say evils, but one evil and one maybe not so good. Take the not so good over the evil. I'm really sorry. That's the way the world works. I wish it was better. I wish everything wasn't on the margin and there were simple black and white answers. But if there were, the entire field of ethics wouldn't exist. There are very few black and white answers in the world. Very few. Please go out and vote Leffler and Purdue to prevent the Democrats from destroying the country tomorrow. (laughs) Getting back to Georgia. So yesterday we did a very well-received show based on the online. That's a great part of our podcast. You can tell right away, digital downloads and stuff. Bang. Who liked the show and who didn't, who was listening, who wasn't. Yesterday's show did great numbers because we covered all of the malfeasance out of Georgia. Now, the uh, President Trump had a conversation that was recorded, apparently somewhat surreptitiously, by Georgia officials. 
the conversation with the Secretary of State and his attorney from Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, was leaked to the media. We covered it yesterday. I think the uh, recorded call, when you listen to it in, in its totality, was more damaging to Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, than it was at all to President Trump. I covered the media spin, but Raffensperger responded yesterday in the media. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. This guy's a public official open to scrutiny. This man's a snake. He's a snake. I told you yesterday because I don't get out in front of stories when I don't know the answers. I try to give you both sides that I wasn't sure who leaked the tape. And I was candid about it yesterday. Was I not, Joe? Because I thought I thought the tape was so damaging to Raffensperger and his lawyer that I wasn't honestly sure who leaked the tape. Was it the Trump team or Raffensperger? Now it's become clear because Raffensperger thought he had something on Donald Trump, uh, President Trump in the tape, that he leaked it. Check out this video of Secretary of State from Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, on with some local news outlet where uh, I didn't know this. I didn't know when you have a conversation that's supposed to be confidential with a state official about disputed election results that you had to agree with them not to publish the conversation to the media. Joe, do you know that? When we have a... No. Just Armacost, just quick. Producer mm-hmm. Joe, this is very important for the listening audience here. Mm-hmm. This is critical. Right. When I talk to you on the phone about the show, do we have to make an agreement beforehand that I won't publish our conversation to media people if you or I say something and that's kind of damaging? Do we do we do that? Just just checking. No, maybe we should start, but no, no. we don't. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, thank you. Just yeah. I'm just checking. I'm just yeah. checking. So there's no that we we don't need because Joe and I understand that when we talk right. on the phone because Joe's not a snake and neither am I that right. it's a conversation between Dan and Joe and it's not meant for the Washington Post. Ladies and gentlemen, don't call Brad Raffensperger. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Do not call this guy ever, because if you don't have an agreement beforehand that he won't publish it to the Washington Post, apparently it's open season. Listen to this snake try to defend himself while he kind of implicitly acknowledges that his office leaked the tape. Check this out. If the president hadn't tweeted and tweeted something that was false, would we have ever heard that call recording? No, it was a private conversation as far as I was concerned. And uh, he broke privacy when he put out a tweet but then his tweet was false. Was there any agreement that this call was not going to be recorded or would be kept confidential? No, there was no agreement. And we didn't know what the purpose of the call really was. We, we assumed it was about the November election, really Wednesday. If President Trump wouldn't have tweeted out anything and would have stayed silent, we would have stayed silent as well. And that would have just been a conversation between him and I, man to man, and that would have been just fine with us. But he's the one that couldn't, you know, had to put it out on Twitter. And so if you're going to put out stuff that we don't believe is true, then we will respond in kind. (laughs) Do you believe this guy? If there were, I mean, this may be the greatest self-owned, for those of you not on social media, self-owned is when you say something you think is like really laudatory about yourself, and really you make yourself look like a buffoon. Brad Raffensperger is now the king of the self-owned. He thinks this interview makes him look good. So just to be clear, if you talk to Brad Raffensperger and there's a dispute about what was said in the conversation, if you don't stay silent, they're going to the Washington Post and putting it out there. Just to be clear, in case you ever have a conversation with Raffensperger again. Hey, Joe, here's what I'm doing. I don't know about you, but tell me if you agree with this approach. If you are any human being having a conversation with this, this snake, Raffensperger, He's a public official. He's this man is open to scrutiny. Okay. He's the secretary of state of Georgia. If you have any dispute with him, I, 
I would, I'd have to frisk him first. I mean, ask him. You don't want to be accused of like assault by Raffensperger, obviously. But I would ask him, sir, can I pat you down first? Mm -hmm. For what? Any conversation. Is he recording this? Is he going to give it to the Washington Post? After you're done patting him down. And uh, uh, by the way, if, if you want to know how to pat people down, I was an instructor in our academy. What you do is you don't do the actual pat. What you want to do is you want to like move and grasp to make sure you see, because you can miss things on a pat. There could be a wire. Remember the old, uh, uh, what were they called? The Nagra recording devices for you old time federal agents out there. That's before we had all this fancy recording. You just put it on a phone. Now, I would ask for his phone, put it on airplane mode and power it down. Also, I would ask him to wear a bathing suit and talk to him in a swimming pool in case he's hiding a device in the sensitive areas you can't pat down joe and i would also have a lawyer draw up a, a an ironclad nda and an agreement to make sure any conversation with raffensperger because if you don't stay silent apparently he can record and put anything out there hmm. what do you think joe you think that would cover it so <laughs> i would hope the so. pat the 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 the, the, the running the, the, the grasp and run pat down the frisk to make sure he doesn't have a device. Ask him to go in a bathing suit, talk to him in a pool. Waist up, it's okay, so he's not hiding anything down there. Make sure his phone is in airplane mode and shut off. And then make sure with Raffensperger as well, you get an ironclad NDA. Because when you talk to Raffensperger, he apparently believes if you don't stay silent and shut your pie hole, that this snake from Georgia, he can just leak the conversation. What an absolute buffoon of the highest order. Man, it's the election in Georgia today. We shouldn't be talking about that. I talk about whatever I want, number one. I've just said to you, please go out and vote. And this guy has nothing to do with the two candidates running for U.S. Senate who've already, already pledged to object on January 6th, Loeffler and Purdue. That's a different situation. This guy deserves to be called out right now. He's a snake. He's a snake. Now, when this guy started to get crushed on social media and online for being the snake that he is, you don't stay silent. I'm going to release the tapes I recorded of you without telling you. Huh. And look how great. What a cell phone. What an idiot. You don't like it either, right? I know why she doesn't like it, because this happened to us. That's why, I, candidly, folks, I'm very sorry if I don't answer my phone ever. I know it's, I don't. And I, if you've ever emailed me, it's why I had to stop answering emails back. Because you, it's very hard to trust anyone anymore. So Raffensperger appeared on uh, Fox News yesterday with Martha McCallum. And if he's so proud of what he did, right, Joe? He recorded the president. He got the truth out there. The truth, the only truth you got out there is you're a buffoon. In the hour-long call, you didn't know anything about anything. Right. You just kept saying what the president says is not true. And then when the president asked you for the information, you kept citing privacy laws as to not turning it over. Even after they offered you an NDA. So he's on with Martha McCallum. And I think he started to realize all of a sudden that he looks like the snake and buffoon he is. So now all of a sudden he's not so proud that he implicitly acknowledged that they released the tape. So listen to Martha McCallum, who kind of put his, who held his feet to the fire, say, hey, uh, Brad O., Brad, Brad, hey, buddy, um, did you release that tape? Kind of not cool, you know? And listen to him, <laughs> doing beaver face Chuck Todd from yesterday. Check this out. They can see what he said versus what I said. Were you consulted and, and did you okay the release of the phone call? Did you did you say, okay, yeah. let, let's go ahead and release the audio of the phone call? The information's out there. 
And uh, it is what it is. That's not an answer to my question. Are you going to answer my question? Did you were you aware of the decision and were you in favor of the decision to release the phone call, sir? I think that we had to respond to the president's uh, Twitter and we responded with the facts that were in the call. What? What a what a complete idiot. So you couldn't receive. <clears throat> Not happy today, folks. Not happy. He's the Georgia Secretary of State. I'm in the media business now. He is probably one of the most in-demand guests for every media channel out there. Producer Joe was in the media business. Joe was in the radio for a long time. Joe, Hmm. wouldn't you agree given the dispute going on about the Georgia presidential election results, that this would be an, an, a tier one A-level guest right now. Yep. Would you stipulate that? Yeah. If yep. you were back at your old radio oh, yeah. station, yeah. this would be a great get, right? No matter what kind of a buffoon this guy is, it would be an A-level guest to get him on the air. So you're suggesting to me your only avenue, despite your email box, I can guarantee you being loaded with requests to appear on the biggest media stations in the world, that your only avenue to combat what you perceive as President Trump's misinformation, fine, you can get your point out, I'm open to it. Your only avenue was to leak a tape of a recording because he, quote, wouldn't stay silent? And you think this makes you look good? I'm just checking. Rattensburger. I'm just checking. You think this makes you look good? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I am a supporter of the president. It's not a secret, but I try my best sometimes, well, sometimes not to be objective about material he puts out. I'm telling you, if you're Brad Rattensburger right now and you think this makes you look good, you are dumber than I thought. Paula asked me yesterday watching this. I'm not joking. On the on the couch, she's sitting there. She says, why is he doing this? Honestly, folks, I just don't think he's that bright. He is a public official, open to scrutiny. He's, he can attack me right back if he'd like. I'm open to it. Go right ahead. You want to come on the show? You're welcome on the show. But just to be clear, you had every single media avenue open to you. You decided to leak a tape. You then backed away from leaking the tape. And your answer about why you leaked the tape to Martha McCallum is, it is what it is. It, it is. What a complete buffoon. All right, moving on. So I want to get to Project Veritas. And I, folks, please do not go anywhere for this coronavirus story. I got goosebumps going through it. I was worried last night because of the Georgia election today. We're not going to have enough material for the show. I was. Because yesterday's show, we were like, boom. This coronavirus story is insane. Let me get to this Project Veritas video first. James O'Keefe strikes again. Um, This is some undercover video. Him and his organization, Project Veritas, recorded out of Georgia. Uh, This is astonishing. This is about a minute cut. Um, you can find it at James O'Keefe's uh, social media feeds uh, and Project Veritas's social media feeds as well. 
This is a woman talking to another woman in some undercover recorded video where apparently she appears to acknowledge here, and again, these are allegations, so we'll wait to hear her response, that there are Georgia voters who've been registered all at one common location and address in violation of Georgia law. The video goes on at the end. We can't play the whole thing because, you know, in the interest of time. With a guy at the end on tape, and again, we're all allegations, we'll put that out there, but a guy on tape at the end acknowledging that, or says at one point that some of these voters may be dead. So just to be clear, in Georgia, you have to register at your residence. You can't register at another address that's not your residence. That's the law. Check this video out. This is just stunning stuff. So the majority of the people we serve don't have an address, so we allow them to use our address okay. if they register to vote and to get Georgia State ID. Because you, I mean, you have to have proof of residence. And so, although we're not a shelter, we do allow them to use 201 Washington Street. Okay. So I can't even begin to tell you how many people have that address on their ID. And we, we've never run into any problem with that until this election. And one of our board members got wind that they thought we're doing things not on the up and up because so many people have the address, but we've not heard any repercussion from it since. So, but it's just a way, to, I mean, people have to have an address. And, yeah, yeah. That's you know, the only way they can get ID, which you've got to have to do anything else is to have an address. So mm -hmm. we allow that. And we've done that for years. I mean. If you didn't see the video, go to my uh, video, the video version of my show, rumble.com slash Bongino. It's all free. You can subscribe there. But please watch the video of the audio we just played. It's important. Because when you hear that music playing in the background, what's rolling in the background is a spreadsheet-looking document of all the people registered to this address at, what, Washington Street or something that this woman is talking about on the tape. That would be a violation of Georgia law. But again, don't worry. Brad Raffensperger's on it, Joe. Raffensperger's on it, the Secretary of State, who seems more concerned about attacking President Trump rather than addressing the problems we've had in Georgia. I'm sure Brad will have some snarky comeback. Probably say, well, they recorded the video, Project Verde, so I could record it too. That'll be his comeback. By the way, the media is not interested in any of this stuff. The media loves the fact that uh, Raffensperger recorded this video and his team and put it out. But when Project Veritas puts a video out, undercover video they get, no one's interested. Oh, you won't see this video in the mainstream media anywhere. Nope. <sighs> All right, let me get to my second sponsor. And I, this coronavirus, so we're going to get right into it. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at My Choice for Personal Safety in Our House and Security Run Our House, Simply Safe. Listen, everyone wants to keep their home and family safe. That's obvious. Whether it's from a break-in, fire, flooding, or a medical emergency, Simply Safe Home Security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection. With Simply Safe, you don't just get an arsenal of cameras and sensors. You get the best professional monitors in the business. They've got you back day and night, ready to send police, fire, EMTs when you need them straight to your door. Really easy to hook up. High quality equip equipment. I got one of the cameras right there. I got sensors all over my house. Simply Safe has an arsenal of sensors and cameras like I have that protect every inch of your home and mine. 
You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's really easy. Simply Safe's professionals then take over, monitoring your home 24-7, ready to send help the moment there's an alarm. Plus, with Simply Safe, here's the great part. There's no long-term contract. Well, why? Why? Because they don't need it. They don't need it. There's no hidden fees or installation costs. There's no, they're not trying to lock you in any. You know what locks you in? They're great customer service and a really good product. Right now, my listeners get a free home security camera. We got one right there. When you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com, you got to get the URL right. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Visit Simply Safe. That's with an I, by the way. S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino for your free security camera today. It's a good one. That's simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Go today. Secure your home. Secure your property. Secure your family. So, Producer Joe, do you remember uh, when back in April and, and, and May of 2020, you remember when people like Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump started talking about this conspiracy theory that the uh, virus, the coronavirus may have leaked out of a Wuhan lab? Remember, remember uh, that? Yeah, I recall, remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a producer, you remember how how dangerous, and we talked about it anyway, because we oh, really yeah. don't care when anybody does it at ScrewTube or anywhere else. But remember how dangerous it was to talk about that? Because outlets like ScrewTube and Twitter and elsewhere said, this is coronavirus misinformation. We yeah. will censor this. Co- remember, remember that? I sure did. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. So let's go through a little timeline of how, God forbid you mention the coronavirus may have escaped from a Wuhan China lab. You were a conspiracy there right away by morons in the media. And you were only because Donald Trump and conservative media had started asking questions. If it were liberals who had started asking questions about where coronavirus came from and if it leaked from the Wuhan lab, it would have been celebrated. But of course, liberals didn't ask it because Donald Trump said it. So automatically, what does the liberal media do, Joe? Anytime Donald Trump says something, the liberal media has to come out, show their butts and say the opposite is true, even Mm -hmm. if they don't know it because the media is a Pravda-like Soviet. Do you have the Soviet national anthem? I'm sorry, I know we, Mm -hmm. we played a couple weeks. Uh, Do you have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking it. for it. I'm looking for it. Wait, tell me when you're because I, got it. I, I did, you, go. you know, you okay. Wait, wait. Tell me when you're ready. I'm can ready. I, I've got to do a counter. Media newsrooms in the morning. Three, two, one. There we go. Every morning. Every morning, the media newsrooms. I know we played it too weeks ago. I don't like to wear this stuff out, but I'm very sorry. Every morning. God forbid you ask questions. If you ask questions that make Trump look bad, however, like is the PP tape real, they'll entertain that forever. Here you go. So let's go through a timeline of media malfeasance on the coronavirus and the Wuhan lab. Here's Tucker Carlson first, right around uh, April or so on Fox News, starting to ask questions about, hey, where the hell did this coronavirus come from? And he was destroyed by media lunatics and he's a conspiracy theorist. Check this out. Here's what the paper says. First, the scientists confirm what scientists around the world have said they believe. The virus most likely came from an animal known as the intermediate horseshoe bat. Here's the striking thing. There are no known colonies of this bat within 900 kilometers of Wuhan, nor is there any evidence that they were sold in the Wuhan wet market despite many claims in the American media to the contrary, including on this show, by the way. Last night, we did a segment on wet markets, the one in Wuhan included, and suggested that this bat was sold there. But let's be clear. The only actual analysis of that question that we're aware of is in this paper. 
These scientists interviewed almost 60 people, 59 of them, who frequented the Wuhan wet market. They confirmed there were no horseshoe bats for sale there, period. So that raises the question, where did the virus-carrying bats come from? And the paper says this, quote, We screened the area around the market and identified two laboratories conducting research on bat coronavirus. Within a few hundred yards of the wet market was something called the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention. According to public reports, the center used intermediate horseshoe bats for research. Then about seven miles away was another facility. This one was called the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Virology Institute also conducted research on intermediate horseshoe bats, the ones that were not sold at the wet market. South China University scientists concluded that the coronavirus pandemic, the one that people are dying from here, likely came from one of these two government labs in Wuhan. (laughs) What, What about that report in April of 2020? Almost a year ago now. What about that was was crazy pills time or conspiracy theory? So what what about that? There's a deadly virus we know originated in Wuhan, China. Scientists believe it originated in a horseshoe bat. There are no known colonies of horseshoe bats in that area of China. And conveniently, Joe, there's a virology lab right there in Wuhan, China. That studies the types of viruses. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're all lunatics for asking these questions. But of course, because Tucker Carlson and later Donald Trump talked about it, the Pravda media saluting their communist masters, both in the both in the Soviet Union and China now, because they're wholly owned at this point by China. They jumped right to the defense of China and everyone else. Uh, unforgivable. You don't believe me? Look, at the Guardian pounces right away. Trump fans flames of Chinese lab coronavirus theory during daily briefing. What are they talking about? Instead of actually doing, you know, journalisming. I thought you were journalists and asking questions like, hey, that sounds really weird. We've got this deadly virus originates from an area of China with a bat population that doesn't exist there, but they study bats and viruses in a viral lab in China that does exist there. Gosh, that sounds crazy. Maybe we should really get to the bottom of that. The worst expression in human history. But what happened? Donald Trump again dared to mention it. So the media had to pounce and take the alternate view just to make Trump look bad. Here's Trump at a press conference answering a question about it. And after Tucker Carlson mentioned that was it. The media went full problem mode. Check this out. Point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And I think that the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves because they're like the public relations agency for China. So a couple things come out there. President Trump, who I would just guess, you know, given my prior line of work at the president may have access to some information the media doesn't have. I'm, we're just throwing that out there. Joe, can I get a, can I get a, can I get an A woman on that? A woman. A woman. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I would just guess the, <laughs> the, pre, the president probably has access to some information the media doesn't have. So he says two things there. He's asked, do you believe that this virus may have originated in this lab in Wuhan or some iteration of that? 
He says, yes, yes, I do. Of course, setting off alarm bells in the media, in a normal media, they'd say, oh my gosh, maybe we should start investigating this. That's not what happened in the media. They went back back to their Pravda newsroom and said, how do we make Trump look bad? And secondly, he says, and by the way, this WHO, we really got to look into what's going on over there. They're kind of crap too. Of course, he was mocked immediately and the media pounced to their Chinese masters and automatically had to, rather than investigate a story that sounds perfectly logical by the president of the United States and Tucker Carlson and their investigative reporting and intelligence dissemination, which the president was disseminating some form of intelligence by saying that, instead of doing their homework, they had to pounce to the defense of the Chinese. Yeah, that's right. Here's 60 minutes, and I want you to pay attention because that Trump presser was right around the end of April, May 1st. I don't know the exact date. I'm sorry. I was running out of time this morning. But this is the 60 Minutes episode that airs just a week after that. So 60 Minutes, I'm guessing in their newsroom, Joe, they're like, listen, President Trump and Tucker Carlson Mm -hmm. both laid out a case that the coronavirus may have originated in a lab in China. What do we do? Well, let's run a story that it didn't. Yeah, but maybe we should look into that. Come on, guys. Stop the nonsense. This isn't journalism. We're Soviets. Let's just run a story saying it's not true. Let's just find someone who says it isn't true. So 60 Minutes found this guy, immediately pounces, and their goal, of course, is to cover this whole thing up for China to make President Trump look bad. Check this out. Is there a way to know that this virus, SARS-CoV-2, emerge from the wild into the human population, or has that not been proven yet? Well, I'm a scientist, and what I do is I look at the evidence around a hypothesis. There is a huge amount of evidence that these viruses repeatedly emerge into people from wild animals in rural areas through things like hunting and eating wildlife. There is zero evidence that this virus came out of a lab in China. Does the Wuhan Institute of Virology, to your knowledge, have this virus in its inventory? No. Why do you say so? Uh, The closest known relative is one that's different enough that it is not SARS-CoV-2. So there's just no evidence that anybody had it in the lab anywhere in the world prior to the outbreak. But none, no evidence, nothing to worry about. Everybody just looking at the... I didn't even realize. Oh, by the way, folks, this is a... Someone sent a Muttley. I didn't realize that was even in the picture. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Thank you to the Muttley dude who sent the mutt, you know the Muttley. So Joe, we have an actual Muttley now to go along with your Muttley uh, hilarity. I did not even realize. Thank you, Muttley, for making an appearance during the show. Appreciate that. Uh, no evidence. There's no evidence whatsoever, despite the fact that Tucker Carlson just laid out, that segment, by the way, is five minutes long. We only played about a minute and a half of it, laid out how an actual scientist had discussed how it would be almost impossible for these, uh, for this virus to have leaked out of the wet market and most likely came from a lab. I'd call that evidence. But no, no, the scientist says there's no evidence, none. So let's get to the evidence. Um, I'm going to use the Daily Caller report because I prefer to give them the clips, uh, clicks because they're a really terrific website. This story's in the show notes. I, if, if there was ever an eye-opener story we had during the show, oh, this is it. Paula's going to like this because she kind of loves like investigative law and order type stuff where you can like, they get into the show and they dig in. This piece is amazing. It's up at the show notes. My newsletter is the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. Dylan Hausman, Daily Caller. Did coronavirus come from a lab? 
10 key takeaways from a shocking new report. I encourage you to read this whole piece, but I'm going to walk through for you some devastating tidbits of material and a new story by the New Yorker that the Daily Caller is covering, indicating that what this scientist said that there was no, quote, no evidence that came from a lab may not be exactly framing it the right way. So let's start a little bit from the beginning here in this Daily Caller. What is Anthony Fauci? The golden calf of the left, Dr. Anthony Fauci, you can never question him. What does he have to do with any of this? Well, let's check out screenshot number one from the Daily Caller's coverage of that piece. Anthony Fauci was directly involved in programs that funded SARS mutation research? Huh? These are quotes, by the way. In the early 2000s, Dr. Anthony Fauci, America's top infectious disease expert, reportedly shifted his focus from AIDS vaccines to combating biological warfare. Hmm, that's fascinating, really weird. By 2003, his anti-terrorism budget at the National Institutes of Health had reached nearly $2 billion. A significant chunk of this funding and NIA research went to genetically modifying certain pathogens, both in search of vaccines and to investigate their possible use as bioweapons? Ah, yeah. I'm going to get to some more screenshots, but in the interest of time here. So Dr. Fauci's involved with the research of vaccines and mutating vaccines that could be used as potential bioweapons. I thought this was all crazy conspiracy theory stuff. Apparently, some scientists were very concerned about what they call gain of function on viruses. In other words, where we alter viruses to make them more infectious. That sounds kind of like a bad idea, no? But there are some people, to be fair, with the opposing idea that, well, if we can mutate, the, mutate them to make them more infectious, like a country who doesn't have our interests in mind, China or others, that could turn that into a bioweapon, then maybe we can learn about these mutations and head off a possible pandemic. Okay, I'm just giving you both sides. You be the judge if you think that's a smart idea or not, intentionally mutating viruses. I'm, you're all smart people. You can figure it out on your own. Personally, I think it's a really bad idea. Fauci apparently disagreed with these scientists who thought this gain of function, in other words, making viruses more infectious and powerful to study them, Fauci disagreed with the scientists who said, hey, Dr. Fauci, I'm not really digging that chili, man. That don't sound like a good idea. Fauci disagreed. And apparently we sent some National Institutes of Health money where? No way. Not to Wuhan. Yes, of course to Wuhan. But there's no evidence. There's no evidence. Of course, all of this is made up. The New Yorker and the Daily Caller are just making it all up. Right, folks? You may say the story gets worse. Of course it does. I have three more screenshots. So we're just at the beginning. We're mutating viruses with our taxpayer money and we're sending that money to Wuhan. Gosh, that sounds really stupid. So who exactly pay, played a role in funding this Wuhan lab and incentivized it? Well, let's go to screenshot number two where the story gets even more interesting. You get more players coming in this. Quote, Daily Caller. The research lab at the center of the pandemic in Wuhan, China, is their only level four biomedical research facility, received funding from the United States. Hmm, hmm, fascinating. The essay reports Shi Zhengli, China's Batwoman expert on diseases, 
carried by flying animals, had some of her work funded by the NIH and the U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Agency. So we're funding the Batwoman in China. That's really interesting. Funding for Xi was Shi S-H-I. Funding for Xi, I'm not misusing pronouns. This is not an A-woman situation. That's her name. Funding for Xi, S-H-I, was secured through grants for those two, two organizations with the help of a nonprofit called EcoHealth. Okay, so EcoHealth wanted this funding to go through. The head of EcoHealth is Peter Daszak, who allegedly played an instrumental role in directing our NIH funds to Xi's Wuhan lab. Okay, never heard that name before, Peter Daszak. That's really fascinating. Who's Peter Daszak? Well, he reappears again later on when media outlets, of course, want to debunk the story about the coronavirus emanating from the Wuhan lab. Why do they want to debunk it? Because Trump said it. And China are their media masters, of course. They are communists, after all. I mean, we just played the Soviet national anthem, which, of course, every media person like Brian Stelter and Chuck Todd wakes up in the morning and salutes. You know how that goes. So let's go to screenshot number three, where we see Peter Daszak, whose organization apparently wanted this funding to happen. He reappears again. Check this out. Again, this is their reporting. Now, I've never heard of this guy. In February of 2020, many media outlets cited a statement in The Lancet signed by 27 scientists. <laughs> scientists is a joke. Condemning, quote, I wonder if they said it this way, Joe. Conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. <laughs> These are scientists. And now you wonder why nobody believes any institutions and authority figures anymore. Now you wonder. 27, keep that up there. 27 scientists condemned conspiracy theories about uh, COVID-19 emanating from a lab. Science. These are scientists. The statement's organizer, back to the quote from the piece, the statement's organizer was allegedly the aforementioned, aforementioned Peter Daszak, who'd been working directly with the Wuhan scientists in question for years, funneling them NIH money to support their work. Mm. Does this mean there's a big conspiracy? No, it doesn't mean that. But does this mean, as the 60 Minutes scientist said, there's no evidence whatsoever, no evidence that this could have been some intentionally mutated virus that leaked? Well, I would suggest that this is called evidence. Is it this positive? Does it mean all these people are guilty of something? That doesn't mean that. But this is what I would call evidence. Fauci supported a program disagreeing with other scientists that mutated viruses and sent money to Wuhan. That money was supported by a group called EcoHealth and a man named Peter Daszak. Media outlets then seeking to debunk that the coronavirus came from a lab. Media outlets then did it. And a lot, and some of this was organized by Daszak. The same guy wanted the funding for the Wuhan lab. Let's go to the last screenshot. Like, this gets worse? Of course, it always gets worse. I wouldn't have more screenshots. From the Daily Call, please read the whole thing. It's in my show notes today. One of the scientists working on the disease mutation research was University of North Carolina's Dr. Ralph Barrick. Barrick and his team filed for a patent in 2006 for a seamless noceum method, that's a quote, by the way, method, which allowed them to clone the entire deadly SARS virus that emerged from Chinese bats in 2002. Here's where it gets interesting, folks. 
Their method allegedly showed no signs of human intervention and made it so nobody could tell if the virus was natural or lab-grown. Barrick and she from the Wuhan Institute of Virology reportedly began collaborating on bat-to-human coronaviruses in 2015. Huh? What? What? So where our taxpayer money is funding research into intentionally mutating viruses to make them more infectious. Again, you can make your own adult decisions. The purpose was to study them if you think that's a good idea or a bad idea. But we, we know, according to reporting, that these allegations are out there and are credible. We funded some of this in China. Mm. We funded the bat lady, she, S-H-I, the bat lady in China who was their expert in bat viruses and that sort of stuff. The bat lady in China worked with another researcher who patented a technology that allegedly can basically disguise if the virus was cloned by humans or had a natural origin. <laughs> I'm sure this show today will be taken down by ScrewTube. You know, I don't care at all. It's only a matter of time before Facebook and ScrewTube and Twitter and others ban my account because, you know, God forbid we do actual journalism and they are, in fact, Soviets. But that's okay. I just really don't care. That's why I do my videos on Rumble because I just don't care. And there's nothing ScrewTube can do to me. But I'm sure this will be censored because their Chinese overlords will probably demand it. Remember, it's these big tech companies that worked with the Chinese communists to make sure that the internet can't flow freely into China. They do that. They help there. You know that, right? Repeal 230. Section 230. Change my mind on that. It's done. It's finished. We got to rewrite the whole thing. <laughs> All right, let me get to my last sponsor and then I have to get to, I, I, I told you I would give the rebuttal because again, unlike fake news specialists in the, the Pravda media, I give you both sides. I covered Georgia yesterday, State Farm Arena, and a lot of the things I thought were suspicious about what happened with vote counting on Georgia for the presidential election. I'm going to give you Gabriel Sterling, an election official from Georgia's rebuttal on State Farm. And I'm going to tell you again why I don't think it's a sincere rebuttal about very specific points. Some I think he addressed and some I think he addressed to my satisfaction, maybe not to yours, and that's fair. But others he didn't, and he was, of course, very smarmy about it. He's probably friends with uh, Rattensburger. All right, let me get to my last sponsor today, our friends at Raycon. Every new year, all you hear about is new year, new me. That usually means you'll be picking up better habits or trying new things. If you do take up a new hobby, it's better when you have amazing audio that will accompany you and make the experience even better. That's why I use and highly recommend wireless earbuds from Raycon. Here's mine right here. They come in this cool little case. You charge the case. Those are mine right there. They charged up. Yeah, there you go. Charged up right there. The only ones that fit me stay in my ear and sound great. The only ones. I don't use anything else. Whether it's following along to recipes in the kitchen, binging an audiobook, powering through podcasts, or a new workout with a pumped up playlist in your ear, a pair of Raycons can make any activity easier and a better time. Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone. Their wireless earbuds start at half the price of other premium audio brands. Don't overpay for worse ear. Why would you do that? These are terrific and you're going to save money. And guess what? If you think having white stems dangling out of your ears looks ridiculous, 
That's something you don't have to worry about with Raycons. These are the only ones that stay in my ear. To work with them bouncing all over the place. They come in a range of stylish colors, but always uh, colorways, but always with comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. And they don't just look great. Raycons perform wherever you take them with up to six hours of playtime. They're water and, uh, and sweat resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and, uh, quickly and seamlessly. You know me, I'm not a big tech guy. You just pull up the Bluetooth on your phone. The pairing is lickety split. Raycon's offering a great discount, 15% off all their products for my listeners. Here's what you do to get it. Go to buy Raycon, buy R-A-Y-C-O-N, buy Raycon.com slash Bongino. Get the website right, get that discount. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Bongino, buyraycon.com slash Bongino. You're going to love these. Check them out today. All right. So here is Gabriel Sterling. He gave a press conference yesterday. This is an official from Georgia uh, who's involved with the elections, Board of Elections, all that. He gave this presser yesterday. It was covered live on most media channels. And he addressed um, some of the um, allegations about what happened in Georgia. And like I said, some to my satisfaction, um, some not. Um, some of the stuff he kept repeating, though, are talking points that no one else is, is repeating credibly as like, Hey, the suitcase, who cares about the suitcases, the ballots that were taken from under the table for, it was a ballot box. Great point stipulated. Who cares? The point isn't the box they were in is why were they under the table and counted after election observers left, but he keeps harping on like ridiculosities to make the overall point seem crazy. So here he starts talking about state farm arena. The video we showed you yesterday of the counting when election observers had left and ballots that were removed from under the table, which understandably, a lot of people are like, hey, we got video of this. Why did that happen? But notice, he never really addresses the why of the officials stopped counting at 1025 at night on election night. Oh, well, they were, they were tired in a largely Democrat county, Fulton County. You just decided on election night? to randomly stop counting election observers leave and then you start counting again. Notice how he handles this and makes you all try to sound stupid by asking a basic question, but he never addresses the real issue. What the hell did they stop counting for on election night and then keep counting? Check this out. There are monitors in the room. There is press in the room. They take the ballots that have been opened, put them in carrier trays and put them in there and then put them in the boxes, put the lid on because the lid matches the box. And then you see at one point during the video, a woman crawling on the floor, putting the numbered seals on them so they can keep the chain of custody. Approximately 10, 25, 10, 30, the secretary in our office receives word that Fulton County is shutting down for the night of, at um, uh, State Farm Arena. So as some of y'all who were there on election, I recall the, the secretary got a little irritated with this and made his feelings quite known. He says, some of us will be working through the night. We're glad to see that Fulton County sees the need to just go ahead and knock off for the evening. So Chris Harvey, our elections director, then calls Rick Barron, the elections director of Fulton County, who was at the other location, which was their English Street warehouse, because he was doing election day activities. Chris calls Rick. Rick says, we're not shutting down. Well, Chris says, it looks like you are. So then you can go back to the videotape and see Ralph Jones take a phone call of approximately almost 11 o'clock. And you can see his shoulders kind of shrug. He takes the phone call. He's being told at that point by his boss, Rick Barron, you need to stay and continue to um, uh, scan. I, I, again, 
I gave, I gave you the rebuttal. I'm giving you both sides. I don't have time for the whole press conference. But he discusses a lot of issues in that. He discusses why some of the ballots appeared pristine. His, uh, he, he said at the press conference that there were some military votes from overseas that they come over on a form. The form doesn't fit in the machine. So they take that form and they basically transcribe the vote of the military person onto a new pristine ballot. I went through. If that's true, fine. Then that's an explanation. I, again, I, I prefer that we scrutinize these things and don't just take anybody's word for it. But this explanation still makes absolutely no sense. Joe, if I'm being ridiculous here, stop. I'm serious. Like, just stop me for the audience's sake. Nah, man. It's election night. It's only the most important election of our lifetimes, November 3rd, the 2020 presidential election. And at 10 o'clock at night, just hours after the polls close in Georgia, a largely Democrat county, Fulton County, which has had issues in the past with free and fair elections, just declares they're going to wrap up counting? And we're just supposed to just, they, by the way, and they don't wrap up counting because he's saying that they said they were going to wrap it up, but someone told them not to wrap it up. Is it crazy to ask why, like, why, why would you, I don't understand what was going on there. Of course not. And then you heard stories about, and then he addresses the leaking urinal. I thought there was a burst water pipe and this is supposed to clear things up. By the way, he still has an address why they haven't done signature verification in Fulton County where this went down. They haven't addressed that yet. Oh, yeah, they did Cobb County, a largely Republican county. But he has an address why they haven't done Fulton County. Again, we're all just supposed to take their words for it. Told you I'd give you both sides. Unfortunately, Gabriel Sterling's side, he, again, he leaves out these critical details. Some of this stuff was addressed to my satisfaction. Good. Appreciate the tone, not so condescending, but whatever. My tone can be off sometimes too. But I'm really sorry. That is really a terrible explanation as to why counting went on in State Farm Arena, ballots that were under a table when election observers went home. Because, well, they said they weren't going to count anymore, yet they continued to count when we told them to count. I'm not, I don't know. It just doesn't sound, something sounds wrong to me. You told us it was a burst pipe. There was no burst pipe. Now it's a leaky urinal. I, it, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is evidence. Is it evidence of voter fraud? I don't know. But it is evidence of something. All right, let me move on. Uh, President Trump had a rally last night, well attended, uh, as always, in uh, Georgia, trying to get out the vote for the vote today. Uh, please get out and vote in Georgia for the, in these two Senate races. And I, I had a lot of clips from it, but I want to play this one. President Trump in this is, this is just the best, I think this is the best clip of the night. He asked two important questions here. The critical one I brought up yesterday during my show covering what happened in the election, how I'm not conceding anything. I'm not conceding anything today, not tomorrow. Next week looks really terrible. Joe, you, how does next week look again? No, I, I'm, not good. I'm, not I'm good. guessing not good. Paul is saying it's not look good either. The week after that looks really terrible. I'm not conceding anything. Because I'm not conceding an election I believe was not held legitimately. And I don't think it was. There were election law changes that were made in circumvention of the U.S. Constitution. We know about. And nobody wants to do anything about it. The Supreme Court's like, nah, we're just going to punt on that one. That's not so important. 
So President Trump brought this up last night. How do you just change election law in violation of the U.S. Constitution? Nobody can do it. There's no remedy for it. And then he brings up a second question. So that's question number one. He brings up question number two, which is absolutely hilarious. I'm going to leave him to break question number two, where he asks about somebody's response to something about something. Check this out. They never got the mandated approval from your state legislature, who, by the way, you have some great people in your legislature, some great, great people who agree with what we're saying and even more so. But think of it. They never got the approval. You have to, by law, under the Constitution, you can't just do these deals and not get the approval. And your secretary of state or whoever it was made this horrible consent decree, horrible, which got rid of so much safety. It's a disgraceful thing. And it was only approved by your local politicians, him, and local judges. You can't do that. You have to have your state legislatures do it. That's true with all states. Tens of thousands of votes are missing. We go all over the world telling people how to run their elections, and we don't even know how to run ours. The most unhappy person right now anywhere in the United States is Hillary Clinton, because she's asking the Democrat Party, why the hell didn't you do this for me? Oh, I knew that clip was perfect. I said it over and Paula previews the clips after Joe cuts them up. And I see her laughing over there and I can't really hear what's going on because I'm doing my tease on parlor or whatever. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? That's the best slide ever. Hillary's like, hey, how come you guys didn't do this for me? I would have won the 2016 election. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the answer is, on a very serious note, I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be funny. Um, I think the answer is because the Democrats never expected Trump to win. and. Why prepare for something you thought was a 0% chance of happening? I'm not joking. I think in 2020, they saw the massive crowds. They knew they were in real trouble, despite the ridiculous polling, which we know was an embarrassment to humankind. I don't even think the Democrats believed any of that. And they were prepared this time. They were prepared. They, they rigged the rules to make sure that any potential outcome would go their way. And President Trump is absolutely right for bringing it up. So we'll be conceding nothing on this show. So if you're looking for a show willing to concede the election, that isn't it. By the way, can I address one quick thing? I was on uh, this weekend, filling in for Jesse. I did not write some of the stuff that, there's a long story I'll have to explain one day. I mean, a really long story. I don't write what's in the prompt. And usually I have some time to kind of check it out. So some of you are like, he said Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Folks, listen, it's a long story. I'll explain to you some other time. But I didn't have any time to go through that. So don't mistake that for, oh my gosh, Dan's, Dan's conceding nothing. I'm talking about myself like Bob Dole in the third person. Nothing. Zero. Zero. I'll explain to you that story another time when I've about why exactly I don't have time to kind of go through that. I concede nothing. Nothing. Those of you who email me, fairly enough, I'm always open to criticism. I read your, I read your emails. I'm with you. But there were some strange circumstances behind that one. Joe knows the story. 
Besides the <laughs> fact I was like in a total physical meltdown. I had to do someone a favor, like a big favor, a huge, huge favor. And I just couldn't say no because it's a really nice person. It's not who you think. I'm looking for your response over there. You think? <laughs> we start treading in those areas. Sometimes the polita gives me a little angst. But it's okay. I do it anyway. All right. I got to get this video out and we're going to have to wrap it up for the day. This, uh, you know, I have the distinct pleasure of living in the great state of Florida run by what I've got to believe is probably the best governor in the country right now, uh, Ron DeSantis, who is just every day putting on a clinic how to stand by your principles and deal with the total clown show in the Prav, uh, Prav the Soviet Union media. Um, this guy's just terrific, DeSantis. You know, if you come down to Florida, you'll be stunned. It's actually free. Like, you can go out and eat in a restaurant. Oh, my gosh, you can eat in a restaurant. Yeah, you can do that here. It's insane. Just talking to a friend of mine yesterday. He knows who he is. He runs a business in Florida, New York. I'm not going to say which because I don't want liberals to burn it down if they find out I know him. But he runs a business, same business in Florida. He runs in New York. He's going to go bankrupt in New York because he can't open up. There's no science behind it. It's not a restaurant either. Felt bad for the guy, really did. He's actually going to expand in Florida now into my neighborhood. Mm. Because he's losing money so badly in New York. So Ron DeSantis gets asked a question by another uh, fake news specialist at CNN, but it's not really a question. It's again, it's one of those statements disguised as a question. And DeSantis, who puts on a clinic every day of how to deal with the media clown show, was having absolutely none of CNN's stupidity. <laughs> Check this gem out. Governor, what, what has gone wrong with Governor? What has gone wrong with the rollout of the vaccine that we've seen phone lines jammed, websites crashed? There's a lot of demand. I mean, I think at the I, end of the I, day, we, excuse finish, me, excuse if could, me. If I could finish my question, you just said what has gone wrong, so I'm answering the question. If I could complete the question, though, so you're going to give a speech, or are you going to answer, ask a question? With all due respect, Governor, you I'm asked the question. To, I'm going to answer it. You're question. not. No, you're 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 giving a speech. You asked the question. I am trying to ask you the. You're going to ask how many questions? You get three? They only got one question. Why do you get three? With all due respect, Governor, I'm just asking if I could finish my question. You didn't. You my, finished the question. I did not. My full question is what went wrong with the rollout of the vaccine when we've seen phone lines jammed, websites So you're repeating your question. <laughs> to complete it for you, Governor, we've seen websites crash and also senior citizens waiting overnight for the vaccine. Where was that at? We've seen it in Duval, Broward, Orange, and Lee County. And why was, like, in Lee, why did that happen? Did you investigate that's, why? That's my question to you, Governor. You're the governor of the state. I'm not the governor of the state. Okay, but you didn't investigate why that happened, like, in Lee County. Why, why was there a big line? Did you did you investigate why? <laughs> this guy does not run for president one day. I know we're still dealing with this election. I will be very upset. I mean, just spectacular disclosure. I have campaigned for Ron DeSantis in the past. I owe you that much. Been at events for Ron. And I, I, I don't, I haven't spoken to him in forever. I don't coordinate segments with him. I do live in Florida. Another disclosure, whether that's relevant or not, I don't know. This guy, nobody, he has the two rules down with the media. Down. What are the two rules? If you're going to run for office, take note here. Rule number one, dealing with the media. We'll call them the DeSantis rules from now on. 
Only show them that respect they show you. Which is 99.62% of the time, zero they show you. So show them zero respect back. This is the media. It's an institution. They deserve our respect. You can go take my double-barreled index finger for the sake of family friendliness and jam it right up your wazoo. You get nothing. Nothing from me. I have no respect for you. None. You're discredited Pravda liars. You have covered for literally for the Soviet Union, your New York Times outlet. You have covered for the Chinese communists who their significant evidence may have unleashed a plague on the world from one of their labs. And you called everyone a conspiracy theorist. You told us the PP hoax and Russian collusion were real and wasted four years of our time. You had a president impeached for a phone call where not a single law was broken and found out later that the information the president was talking about in the phone call about the Biden family was in fact correct after you tried to suppress the New York Post, an actual media outlet from talking about it. I have zero, zero respect for you. Zero respect. Do you understand that? Zero. You have earned nothing. So DeSantis rule number one, show the media they respect they show you, which is zero, and you can show them zero respect back. These are not serious, credible people. It's why when you polling is taken about Americans trusting the media, they rank somewhere below the three-card Monty guy in 1980s Times Square in credibility. The second rule. Never, ever answer speeches. Ah, what? Don't answer speeches. Answer questions, not speeches. Do exactly what Ron did. You giving a speech or speech here? Is there a question mark at the end of that? Just check question. You know what? Question mark. See that? Question mark. Is there a question mark somewhere at the end of that? Don't answer speeches. Or if they give a speech, just answer with your own speech. Showing them they respect they showed you, which is zero. <laughs> you answer questions, question mark at the end. Speeches, ah, we'll pass. Good job, Ron. Governor, forgive me. I, we are not that. I, I, that was not like one of, you know, when people like slip, like Ron, Ron, you know what I'm saying? They pretend to slip. You know when they do that, Joe, in the media? I was talking to Donald. I mean the president. They do it on purpose to make it sound. That was not an intentional. I do not know him that well. We've only talked like two or three times and it's over like five years. That was not like one of those slips like, hey, look at me. I know him personally. Governor DeSantis, show the man his respect. Because unlike the media, I actually respect the man. Nice job. Keep it up. Thanks for keeping Florida free and open like a sane governor would. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Please uh, subscribe to my Rumble channel. It is free. Uh, get away from ScrewTube. They suck, pardon my language. It is rumble.com slash Bongino. It's free. Just click subscribe. There's no cost to you at all. You'll get my show, the video, email to you every day. One other favor. Please make BonginoReport.com your new home for your media and news in the morning. We have the best conservative news of the day. Unlike the Drudge Report, we actually give you the real news, not the left-wing news of the day. BonginoReport.com, BonginoReport.com, bookmark it, make it your homepage. We've got a lot of surprises coming with content there soon in the future. Don't miss it. Thanks for tuning in. It means a lot to us. We'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.